This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. This is episode number 35 and it is one of the, it's another ask me anything or ask me stuff and I'll be able to choose exactly what I do and don't answer, um, which is always fun. Um, I had some problems with the guests, kind of the pile up and line up this week. I'll explain that in a minute, but this is episode 35 and I should first tell you about Speech Development Records. That's my label. Head to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and you can support the podcast by buying good quality merchandise. I'm not asking you to donate. I'm saying head there, have a look, pay money for something that's good and it's good, good value. You could buy my DVD. It's a two-disc DVD for £15. It's got music videos on. It's got my whole Edinburgh Fringe show, which was um, got loads of five-star reviews and was sold out for 19 sh- sh- shows. You could check that out. You could get a vest. You could get a T-shirt. You could get a barbecue apron. You could get a mug. So many things you can get in the uh, the speech development a record store, but the most exciting thing right now is you can pre-order B. Dolan's new album. And if you don't know about B. Dolan, then you're straight tripping, son. Um, his new album looks to be incredibly exciting. Um, yeah, it's called Kill the Wolf. Um, we've previewed a track called All Right. You can find that online. It's on my Facebook page, on Dolan's page, on the Strange Famous pages. Um, it's This new record is ridiculous. Um, I highly recommend you pre-order it. We've got beautiful... Um, like deep midnight, I think, or mi- midnight satin coloured vinyl. That's how we're rolling at Speech Development Towers. You can pre-order the vinyl, you can get T-shirts, you can get all sorts of stuff in that package. It's well worth doing. Head over there and support the calls. But on to episode 35 of the podcast. Now, let me explain. I had two people lined up this week and I always ask for people to suggest people for the podcast and there's tons of them are helpful um but I also do have a long list of people already that I'm you know have already agreed to it's just a case of matching our schedules up and this week I had um a Mark Thomas who's been requested a lot and um I was trying to um also line up who else was I trying to Dr Ben Goldacre, who's fantastic as well. But it occurred to me that I was trying to... The day I had free this week to record this, which is the day I'm recording this now, so this is a week, a one week in a, in advance, was Wednesday. And I figured, right, I'm going to talk to both of these great, intelligent people who both, you know, have a lot to say politically. I'm going to talk to them both the day before an election and then put it out the week after an election. So it seemed like... Doing them this week would make next week redundant um, or make them redundant by next week or lose a lot of the points. So I'm going to try and line those guys up very soon for you still. So keep checking out for that. But I figured it was a good time to do one of these. I didn't ask anything um, a while back and it was it was one of the more popular um, episodes. So thank you very much for that. It also makes it a little easier for for Wolgie who uh, produces or masters the podcast and everything because he only has to look after my voice rather than matched out two voices. I mean, I mean, I should mention now, actually, how good have the last f- a few weeks been? I mean, that Howard Marks one, I was so pleased with the reaction from everyone and, you know, iTunes jumped on top of it and, and made it specifically like one of their featured podcasts. And then we had Dan Hardy with a double uh, last week, which was amazing as well. And again, tons of demand f- 
uh, for that guy. I always, I'm always excited when there's there's ones like Dan Hardy where we get people listening. Like Dan Hardy was a mixed martial arts uh, fighter, um, and we get people listening who aren't into mixed martial arts, but it's still a fascinating story because you know he's gone through a lot. He it's it's interesting in itself to talk to someone who gets to the, that level in any sport because the discipline uh, required is ridiculous. But then, you know, if you haven't listened, he had um, he suddenly f- found out he had a, a health condition um, and was told he couldn't fight anymore. And it's you know number one having to deal with that, and number two having a health condition that it turns out he's had his whole life but just didn't know, and it's not caused him any any troubles so you've been fighting all these years and doing your job and excelling and becoming one of the best in the world at the highest level to be told that you now can't fight anymore despite the fact everything you've done up to them is you you know you've had this same syndrome so yeah anyway I recommend you go and check that out if you get a chance um but let's stop talking about previous ones and get straight on to your questions I got you all to ask questions over at Facebook don't dot com slash scroobius pip um a few people on twitter and instagram get mad at that because they're like well what if i'm not on facebook you know sometimes life's hard man (laughs) you know sometimes sometimes it doesn't go how you want i in all honest people don't assume i have like a team or something i do these on my own So, so i'm sitting here on the floor in my living room with my laptop out and if I put them, if I if I use a Facebook for example, I put the post up yesterday, and yesterday evening I went through and I liked a few of my favourites so that they go to the top. That makes it easy for me to go through. I can't be sitting here jumping over to Twitter and seeing oh there was a guy that tweeted me about you know I get a lot of tweets. Um, and again, I mean Instagram partly as well. I'm quite st- stubborn. Um, <laughs> basically it it gets me a bit mad when the post on instagram clearly says post your questions over at facebook and i get like 10 people posting questions on instagram so it's just me being a dick there really i'm just choosing not to answer them but again i don't want to be going from my phone to my laptop to everything else so that's just the why the reason i do that if we do one of these in the future and you're kind of annoyed and you're not on facebook then maybe you might have a friend that's on facebook and they can ask that question or or maybe you just can't have a say you just have to hear other people's questions and there's there's nothing wrong with that you know there's some good people out there um right let's jump straight in uh with a question um from i'll read the question out um uh why were you creeping round late last night um, I saw two shadows moving in your bedroom light. Now, you're dressed in black when I left you were dressed in white. Can you fill me in? That's from a Mr. Craig D- D- David there. Um, I don't know what this is about, really. Um, I don't generally wear white in general. I'm generally always dressed in black. So I think you might have confused me with someone else, uh, Mr. Mr. David. It's, it's actually amusing when I started doing... Um, fighting talk on bt sports with dan hardy in fact um they sent an email around saying can to can all of the hosts and guests or whatever um not wear black um and i had to send an awkward email saying i've just looked through because we had to dress smart but not wear black and i had to send an awkward email saying i don't have any 
smart stuff that isn't black or just generally clothes that aren't black so on future emails it said can all guests and star and and hosts and whatnot not wear black and then in in brackets he said except pip pips allowed because i just don't own anything so yeah i'm sorry i can't actually help you there um mr craig david i can only assume that yeah you've sent that to the wrong person maybe um but yeah sorry about that let me um try and um, move on right would you dance if i asked you to dance or would you you run and never look back would you cry if you saw me crying and would you save my soul tonight that's from enrique iglesias um yes enrique um to put it bluntly um i i can be your hero baby um so yeah just just holler literally at your boy or at least in the general direction of said boy so thank you for the comment Enrique um I'm gonna move on we've got one from Luke Griffiths here would you consider this is what I referenced earlier actually would you consider a welcome 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 doormat for your merch store now that is a great question and I would definitely consider that i don't know i might have to get them priced up i don't know if that's that as possible but it's a good question because um i am in the process of working on some podcast exclusive merch it's a t-shirt i've had an idea for um i'm working with a guy on it and the idea with that is again a lot of people ask how they can support the podcast and they might not you know we, we get 70 odd thousand a week you know sometimes so they might not be into my music and that's fine I understand that so they might not want to wear my my merch specifically or things like that so we thought it'd be good to do podcast specific merch and then I can split the profit between me and Wargie who produces it and we kind of can get more of an income because we don't really earn an awful lot but the way um I've decided I'll do that the plan is at least that I'll only talk about it on the podcast um and I'll have I'll give you a web address on the podcast that, again, it won't be in. You won't be able to just locate it in my general web store if you know what I mean. It'll be unlisted, but you'll have to to go there to order it. So it's only for you guys. So we can kind of have kind of a secret club, as it were, in that way. Um, that's the plan, at least. I might do that and not sell any, and then just change my mind completely and post it everywhere I fucking can. But that's kind of the plan. Um, and it, I mean, it actually brings me to an interesting point about how the advertising works on this. A few people um, have tweeted saying, "Ah, oh, you didn't say welcome, welcome, welcome at the beginning of the podcast this week. I'd say it every week. Let me quickly explain how the advertising works. I put these up with a app called Acast, um, who I'm a big fan of. You know, I chose them because of the, the, the tagging. I've talked about them before. Um, I think they're really good. And the way we sort the advertising is I'll record an advert in advance or so I've done one for Squarespace and one for, for on it I hope to do more because again we're still just about breaking even on this um and then when you download one so then I just record each podcast and only mention the speech development thing at the start and then when you download it it automatically drops a little ad at the beginning to get that revenue uh, stream in there it can also drop in the middle if i choose to or at the end at the moment i don't choose to because i think they're kind of annoying at places but it's not something i'm against so if it starts happening don't get mad um but uh, yeah that's what i was going to say what i would do with the speech development sorry the distraction pieces t-shirt is i'd put that as an ad that drops in the middle so again it's not even 
just at the beginning. It's only for the people who are definitely listening all the way through that will get the web address and the opportunity to support by um, by buying um, the T-shirt. So, yeah, that's the plan. But I genuinely, I might look into welcome, welcome, welcome doormats. In fact, if anyone from 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 BSI merch, Steve, is if you're listening, I know he listens to a few, if you get a chance have a look into that and get them priced up because that's not a bad idea. Um, on to the next one. But, but thank you very much for that question, Luke Griffiths. Um, Paul, Paul Morris, has anyone on your podcast so far excelled or fell short of your expectations? Dylan Moran, for example, seemed completely disinterested for the most part, despite your enthusiasm. That's an interesting one. Um for me, the one I'm least happy with is the Dylan Moran one. Um, and look at me saying his name comfortably. But that's through no fault of his own. I'm not hating on him in any way. I'm just... Um, it, it was a one that came up at last a minute for both of us. So I didn't have a chance to prepare um, as well as... I'm still happy with it. It's just I feel others are better. I didn't have a chance to prepare um, as much as I'd hoped. I don't think he really knew what the podcast was or who I was, which again that's not a prerequisite and it's not a bad thing I'm not one of those people who gets annoyed that people don't know who I am that's absolutely fine there's a lot of people who will in fact there'll be a lot of people who listen to this podcast who aren't into my music that's fine that's not a big deal um I mean it's not a big deal if you've listened to it and chosen that you're not into it again it's taste if you if you've listened to a lot of podcasts then maybe check out a fucking tune on on youtube man and then then buy an album for god's sake but yeah um i i know what you're saying on on the dylan around one but as i said i think we both weren't kind of didn't have as much time and i think he was more expecting he, he was on a bit of a press run i think he was more expecting kind of a 10 minute quick chat here's what's happening um and i was obviously there for a longer podcast um and I, but again i wasn't i didn't have as, as, as much time to prepare and hit hard are ones that have excelled Damn, it's, I mean, the one that jumps out instantly is the Killer Mike one. That was just an honour to be there. That guy speaking, and again, if you've not listened to that, because maybe we get a lot of people who don't, who, who aren't into rap or see a rapper called Killer Mike and think it's not for them. Don't be misleaded and don't judge a book, a book by its cover. It's one of the most intelligent bits of speaking on, on social issues, on on economics that I've I've ever heard. It was absolutely mind blowing. So. That one really excelled. Um, Frank Turner and Billy Bragg, uh, both of them, I really enjoyed. Paddy Considine, I'm, I'm I'm just just going through highlights now, but yeah, a lot of them have excelled. I mean, obviously, I've mentioned the the Howard Marks one was great. Um, Zane, Alan Moore, you know, all of these. I'm forgetting the ones are right at the start. They've really been there's there's been some some great ones in there. Obviously, f- f- FullFact.org and Simon Singh were both ones that I really... And Jody Ann Bickley were three that I really enjoyed because they were three that people in general are listening hadn't particularly heard of, but they're always up there as the most interesting and favourites from everyone. And I'd, I'd be doing an injustice if I didn't mention the now infamous Eddie Temple Morris podcast from a couple of weeks ago. I think that's the one that's had the biggest outpouring of reaction because of the straight-off-the-bat talking... Um, being really open about some really serious and dark and personal issues and that got a hell of a lot of love and I was pleased that I mean I knew that it didn't particularly exceed my expectations because I know Eddie well and I knew that that was my plan to discuss these things I wanted to get straight in there and you know 
that one meant a lot. But yeah, there's been loads. I love them all. Um, thank you for the questions. Daniel Jennings, has Grimes ever been in touch about No Nimbus? It would be pretty, pretty great for that to have an official release. Also, a collaboration would be pretty cool. She never has. I've never pushed it either. Um, in case anyone doesn't know, um, Grimes is an amazing um, artist. I did... It was. I had a rough time a few years back, um, and um, yeah, I'd been through some shit, and that song was really important to me as t- to kind of sh- show me my own worth, if you know what I mean. I heard, I heard the Grimes song on a Monday. This is a bit Craig David now. Heard the Grimes s- song on the Monday. I wrote the vocal and had it finished on Tuesday. I think on on. A Wednesday, maybe. Um, no, Thursday, I recorded the vocal around Walgies. Then I met up with Tom, not the normal Tom um, I do all my videos with. Um, another Tom, Tom is okay, really. He he kind of goes under the name a lot. Um, and we shot a video f- for it, which involved me l- l- lip-syncing the female part with two hand puppets whilst doing my own lip-sync at the same time. And it was a one-shot. Um and then we uploaded the video by either either the Saturday or the Monday. So from from idea to completion, it was a week tops. Um, and number one, I'm really pr- pr- proud of it. I think it's great. Um, uh, but, you know, that's partly largely down to the original song but number two it just meant a lot for me at a time where I was feeling low to go no fuck this shit I'm 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 all right (laughs) I got this on lockdown I can just be screwy as pip and that's all that all that matters right now so that was cool but I've never pushed it with Grimes because I didn't have permission to use it so she could easily or again people get confused at how it works with labels and publishers and whoever else it doesn't have to be her any of her people could have that taken down off YouTube in a heartbeat and they haven't. And that for me is more than enough. You know, I'm not chasing anything more than that. Um, I think she's dope. I would collaborate. There's, you know, I'd collaborate with, with tons of people that I'm into. So, um, but yeah, I've never pushed it and I've never felt any, any need to. But yeah, if you fancy giving that a look, it's on YouTube at youtube.com slash Pip or just search No Nimbus. Um, Dexy Sinclair, who's the kid at the end of the podcast? That would be Wargie's daughter and my goddaughter, Lola. Um, she's also on the War and Peace album. She's at the start and at the end of the War and Peace album. Um, so yeah, she's already got three recording cr- cr- credits to her name, so... Big things in the future for that girl. Um, keep an eye. Lola Rose. Uh, no, I won't give her full name. That might be a bit creepy. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck's listening to this. Um, yeah, that's Lola. Um, and I believe playing the glockenspiel um, in the in the little uh, jingly bit is Amy Bullman, her mother. Um, so yeah, that's 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 that brings it down a bit. <laughs> um, Tom. Flannery, would you rather give advice to your young self or receive advice from your old self? This kind of goes back to the if you could go b- b- back in time and tell yourself one bit of advice, what would you do? I'd go back in time and I would say to myself, look, you know, whatever happens in your life, you're young, you know, you've got a lot ahead of you. Just remember that 
at half time in the Champions League f- final of 2005, I think it is, maybe not. I'd, I'd get the dates right. Put every penny you have on Liverpool to win because the odds will be through the roof because they're getting destroyed by AC Milan. They're getting destroyed and everyone's thinking, uh, just uh, Liverpool ain't done the thing in years anyway. They're rubbish. Put everything you've got on that and then you'll be a, w- a wealthy young man and you can f- fuck off all ambition and everything else. Um, so yeah, if I could go and tell my young self something, I'd be on that on that Marty McFly shit. I'd be sports almanac through and through. Um Hope that answers your question. Ashley Manners. Um, I've always wondered how Travis Barker ended up drumming on Introduction for you. How did that come about? Good question, Ashley Manners. Um, again, it's all. I, there's so much in my life that there's there's weird chains of luck, um, uh, and that's not that's not being I may be in hung a humble luck has got a lot of doors open. My um, drive and skill or back catalogue or whatever else has kept them open and, you know, got me in those doors and with my feet up on the table. Um, let me go through this slowly and and, 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 and and in great detail. I got a tweet one day from Eddie Temple Morris, who I've mentioned already, saying, ho- already saying holy shit, Danny Lonna, the legend, Danny Lonna of Nine Inch Nails fame, was tweeting some some lyrics and he tweeted some lyrics from Thou Shout. Now at the time I was planning on, I was planning a solo record, me and Dan Lissac had had two records together, I was planning a solo one um, and it was going to be all just me and Woolgie and a few of my other mates but a, a Liam Howlett had hit me up asking if I wanted any, if I'd, I'd like any, any uh, beats or sound he'd like to collaborate on something. So I was like, dope and it gave me the idea of making distraction pieces which is the album that this podcast is named after um a collaborative uh, a production so working with tons of different uh, producers footnote it never happened with liam we still talk every now and then and say yeah n- n- i know we'll get s- something going at some point but he's a busy busy man and uh, a-, a genius no less um so i then saw saw danny had tweeted this and i hit him up going that's awesome, man. And I kind of, I might direct message him or something. I said, look, I'm working on a solo record. If you ever want to collaborate, that'd be awesome. So that started to go back and forth. He sent me some 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 beats. We went back and forth. He tells it. I did realise at the time that at points I was quite abrupt about what I liked and what I didn't like and quite, <laughs> quite harsh and cutting, but apologies for that and yeah he gradually he had some drums that Travis had done for something else that they were working on I think I think it was a um was originally his idea was originally a Deant Ward remix or something but um again if from from a session somewhere at some point he'd got these drums together and he, he started putting them over it and he also got Emila Jovovic because he was working on her record she's an amazing singer and songwriter who's working on her record and she got her to sing so, so, so the backing vocals in Introduction, um, Amelia Jovovich. Um, and yeah, Travis put these drums down and that was that. And it was a weird one though, because we, we couldn't, he hadn't kind of given us the all clear. We couldn't get word back from Travis on if he was happy with it. 
and the video, I think I'd already put the video up because as I learned, you know, I was working on a tight schedule. I released, as I do every year, I release on my birthday. I released something on my birthday. So for introduction, I sh- shot the video on August 2nd, released it on August on August 3rd because it involved me shaving my head and cutting my beard and I didn't want anything to, to, uh, to leak in that manner it might have been August 1st and then August 3rd but yeah anyway it was a tight turnover so we put that up there and I was, I was I literally it was a day or two before it was all going to the, the presses and whatnot and I hadn't had clearance from from Travis and I was like what the, the, the fuck are we going to do I can't take it off it's you know he kills it I can't put other drums on there and then I I, I literally went on Twitter and my Twitter had blown up because Travis had tweeted about it, s- saying it was awesome. Uh, uh, check out our new collaboration. And it turns out he'd just been kind of locked away in the studio with Blink, so hadn't been able to reply to emails or get emails and been really in, you know, in work zone on, on lockdown. So, yeah, that was a huge relief. And, um, yeah, it's been a burgeoning relationship ever since I can honestly say Travis is one of the nicest guys in music I'm definitely gonna have to get him on the podcast I want to make out to to LA again um but yeah that's the story of how Travis ended up drumming on Intradiction um and we now talk regularly about mixed martial arts because we're both nerds for that shit thank you Ashley Manners Danny Helion or Helion Helion um, have you considered starting your own radio station? You would smash it and open a whole new world to the kind of artists and genres that you promote and others that we love but can't find daily. The magnitude of the radio potential is is huge. I disagree. Um, I think the magnitude of podcast potential is absolutely the future. I loved doing radio. If you didn't hear it, I did a, a radio show called The Beatdown and that was exactly what you're talking about essentially. The they're all on Mixcloud still to listen to absolutely free. So check them out. It was on XFM. They gave me just free reign. I didn't play a single radio edit. Um, and we did some crazy, amazing things on there. So for sure, check them out. But um, yeah, I think podcasts are the future. I mean, equally, if you suggest a whole station, you'd be saying, I need to be broadcasting 24 hours a day, essentially. You'd, you've got a huge... Um, misperception on what I am and how big I am and what I do you know I'm a busy a busy man I'm a one-man army um but yeah anyway that's 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 that um I do love radio I'm scared for it I think um podcasts are taking over um which is quite fair I think Zane Lowe leaving the country is a huge deal man Zane was one of the the main routes for good new or you know music that i'm into to get onto the radio like it's b dolan albums a prime example our whole plan for this release changed as soon as zane said i'm leaving i'm leaving obviously we've still got amazing people like mr jam um hugh stevens huey morgan there's there's loads of really good or obviously john kennedy and eddie temple morris and all the xfm crew that's a given i didn't mention them because that's a given but yeah um Charlie Sloth there's tons of good people out there but yeah that's kind of where I am with that Mark McManus in one of your introduction videos you recorded it when you were 
on top of a Snowdonian mountain. Is mountain bagging a frequent thing for you? And if so, what is your favourite summit? It's not a frequent thing. <laughs> and that's why I'm gutted about that. I've got a, a video on YouTube. Uh, me, Stuart Awiffin, my brother, and Thomas Coles climbed S- Snowdonia kind of in protest of Movember because I'm not into Movember. I don't think... I'm not into any of these things now where people... I want you to sponsor them for doing stuff that either is easy to do or, you know, I don't give a shit if they do or don't do. Like, sponsor me to not drink for a month. I don't give a shit if you don't drink for a month. Just drink or don't drink. Uh, Well, that's that's got to do with me and charity and and money. And same with Movember. It's like you're growing a moustache. All right? that's it. You you grown a moustache, and that's then and that's that's the big deal here. Um, so I made the mo a mountain, and we climbed a mountain. And at the top, um, I added stuff to get more 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 interest and and charity deposits in there. Um, uh, yeah, and then I performed introduction at the top. I bought my portable um, clippers, and I shaved my head. I did the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I've not climbed any other mountains since we did that in November. Um, and none of us had ever really done any mountain climbing before. And we didn't, didn't want to just go the easy route up Snowdonia. So it kind of got hairy at points. It's annoying because a lot of that wasn't on film because we were shitting ourselves and it wasn't a time to be, you know, it got serious. There was really low visibility. It was November, so it was very cold and very slippery. We went up one path and I think we kind of, we lost the path a bit and scrambled across onto another bit. So we were kind of climbing up a rock, like not walking up. We were actually climbing up um, and it got to a point where we were like, right, we're kind of lost, but it's better to just keep going up because it got so slippery. I wouldn't be confident trying to climb back down the bits we'd climbed up because there were some some sheer bits. Um, but yeah, and then we kind of as we were starting to panic and trying to just unsure of what to do, we came across another climber, the only other guy we saw up there on that route or whatever that day. And he does this, you know, irregularly, he's local. And we kind of said, hey, (laughs) is this the way to the... And he kind of allowed us to follow him um, to the top. So it was all right after that. There were still some hairy bits, but that was that. But that's on YouTube as well. Check that out. This is just an advert for my YouTube page. Give me them hits, my hoggers. Um, speaking of which, actually, I need to... At some point, I'm going to give a shout-out or a call for someone to kind of just do a little intern job for me. This is, again, because I've just not got staff um, and I don't particularly have money to pay people for throwaway stuff. But I just had an idea that it'd be cool to go through the podcasts and on each podcast pick out, like a five, ten minute chat or soundbite or conversation and upload two or three of them from each podcast onto YouTube so people have got that more accessible way of checking them out. Um, it's just an idea I had and at some point I'll get someone, I'll see if there's anyone who can help me out on doing that. But um, yeah, that's not not one of the questions. On to the next question. Matthew Thomas Winterman, was the whole legal issues thing around chronic not critical on the live CD of No Commercial Breaks, what was the whole legal issue? Cheers. Now, you're just going to have to listen to understand 
what's going on there. Um, no, actually, it, another person's asked underneath. Yes, was was this legit or part of your show? It was part of the show. It was it was my ending. That it was all building up to an ending gag that I did. Like when I toured that show, I did constantly left people so confused, and I had so it's 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 a kind of a rewrite of a thing that Tommy Cooper used to do. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it. You need to to go and, and, and buy it to understand. But it builds up to something and then kind of says good night. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's that what you heard is cr- chronic, not critical. So th- chronic, not critical is a piece that I wrote, but I do perform it. But it gives the illusion that I'm not performing it. I did that word for word every night, but it's more um, a monologue uh, Roshin Neither I can't say your name dear sorry um, I presume Irish do you have any particular faith religion spirituality um, aside from being our god <laughs> um, no I don't um, and that's pretty much all I have to s- say on that because that's kind of my reason I just don't I just don't because I don't um, yeah, not got a lot to say. Um, you and Haynes, number one, what's your favorite Prince album and why? My favorite Prince album, quite lazily, is um, it's Purple Rain, it's amazing. Um, I love Prince, there's there's loads, I think every record has some of my favorite songs on it. His latest record had some absolute bangers on. Um, honestly, his latest. A record. I've said this a few times, and not the third eye girl one. He releases his his solo one and 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 the third eye girl one at the same time. That's dope too. But his latest solo one, I think, is one of his best pieces of work. I've listened to that more than any of his other albums over recent years. Um, and I also think if someone like Fr- Frank Ocean released a few of the songs on that album, all the little hip, hip kids would be going crazy. And I love frank ocean that's not a diss but yeah i recommend you check that out it's such a good record and he had two questions number two what happened to the collaboration we we, we were photographed with travis barker trent resner and a couple of others i can't remember right now inaccurate ewan haynes i was pictured with travis barker D- danny loner of nine inch nails fame and wes borland of limp biscuit fame um it's all for my solo record. It's in the pipelines, my friends. It's going to take a long time. As I mentioned a few times, this may be my last ever record. Um, and me and Dan planned t- to do three records. We did that and then we stopped. So I've got a lot of other things I'm planning on doing um, aside from music. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to do another solo record. At that point, it will be three solo records if you don't count the live ones. Um, and I'll probably just, I don't know, I'm, I might end up doing more, but again, I don't want to, it concerns me to get into the cycle of making albums because that's what I'm meant to do and that's what defines me or that's that's my job. I want to make albums because I've got something to say. And again, s- six albums are worth of talking and opinions. That's that's some sh- some shit right there, I ain't? I might not have a lot more to say than that. I might have covered it all, um, at least for the time being. So, yeah, it's all on its way, and it's all kind of, you never know who's going to end up getting stuff done and who isn't, but um, we've had some good sessions. Amy McFarlane, have there been any pleasant surprises with running this podcast? As someone you never thought you'd get on, or a discussion that went 
in awesome directions. I kind of addressed this earlier on, I guess, but um, I mean, it's all been pleasant surprises. It's pleasantly surprising that you keep getting us in the charts and it keeps getting all this coverage. Again, it sounds kind of uh, a bit saccharine, but it really... It blows me away that, you know, I've not got a press team working this or anything else. If you look in the iTunes chart, most of the other people are either BBC or, you know, some kind of big private eye or some kind of big company. And also, most of the ones in the chart are 20 to, to 30 minutes along. The fact that we're getting as, as many downloads as them, but, you know, we're twice, if not three times as long, is crazy and it shows your dedication and support and that's truly beautiful someone I never thought I'd get on I don't know it was great to sit down with Mike Skinner with our paths just hadn't crossed for some reasons that was cool Paddy Considine as you will have heard um I knew him a bit but not that well and that was great to to sit down and really talk but as much as anything it's great to schedule the time to talk to people who are my friends but I never get time to to talk to so Zane Ayoda Bragg you know all of these guys um yeah fucking love it man Brendan Lund asked this last time but alas it wasn't covered so I'm just gonna resubmit it have you ever had to edit something from a podcast be that at the guest request or just because it felt it should be removed from your podcast I'm intrigued because all the guests have been great so far but, you know, we're only human. No, we don't edit anything. Um, I think I did actually answer this, but on the part two that I never put out, and then I've kind of done this one instead because the part two was probably r- redundant. Um, no, on the f- second one with Zane Lowe, which was the first one I actually recorded, we edited out the point where his wife had to come in the living room because she'd left her phone somewhere. That wasn't anything of interest. And on the Open Mike Eagle one, he asked if we could edit out something that he'd forgot he wasn't going to announce yet, but it had already gone, already been uploaded, so it was kind of too late. So he was cool with that. It wasn't a big deal. Um, so, yeah, no, they're kind of unedited gold every time. We just put them out. Again, a lot of people don't realise that. They think that there's edits. As someone was saying, I got a message from someone saying about how they thought we edited stuff out because I think it was on the Howard Marks one, every time he spoke, there was a lot of noise and every time I spoke, or room noise, and every time I spoke, it was empty and they thought I'd dubbed in. That's not that's not the case. On ones I like that, for example, Howard is quite quiet. Um, as you will have heard, his health isn't great and he's he's getting on. So at points, he wasn't that near to the, the mic and I was always quite cl- cl- close up. So when he was talking... Uh, we record these on two separate feeds so whenever he was talking the mic would be kind of have to be bumped up a bit to keep it all at at, at the right level and therefore it'd bring in the sound uh, uh the room sound whereas me i'm a stone cold g professional broadcaster um i'm always the same th- th- distance from the mic um a, a woggie frequently says how honored he is to get to master someone who's got such great mic control so um yeah, that's why that is. But no, we don't edit shit. But but Wargy does complain as if he has to edit a, sh- a shitload. You know, he, he moans like crazy. Ben Miller, how did it come about when you did did, did a song with Example? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Years ago, before Example got big, we did a track called Follow Him. Um, is, it, is it Follow Him or Follow Me? Um, or follow Me, maybe. He just hit me up. You know, we chatted a bit. 
chatted online f- for a while, would hung out and bumped into each other at a few shows, and it was was that easy. It was like here's a few beats. He used to be more like he, he used to write a lot more. He's he's he sings a lot more now, and he used to rap a lot more, and he used to be quite crude uh, and and a, and. A, a, entertaining raps at points um and he had a few ideas and fired them over i knocked a verse out i went to the studio of the producer he was uh, was using in east london i think and we kind of uh, we went over it we both laid down our vocals and uh yeah that's where it went um so yeah that's how that came about and check it out it's on i'm sure it's on itunes or something or online um Dan Mills, have you noticed a widening or narrowing of your audience demographic once you be- began releasing your spoken word work? More old farts like me when you lost the beats. Uh, n- no, it's always been there. There's always been a broad demographic. It's It was news to me that people didn't know. And again, it was my own ignorance there that people didn't know that I was doing this, the spoken word stuff first. M- my first audiences were spoken word audiences. I know Kate Tempest has struggled with this at times with her live show because her live show you know she's mercury nominated it's a live hip-hop show and she gets a lot of people turning up still expecting just her spoken word and it's like no it's dope just just go along with it don't be scared or put off um so yeah no we've always been a real lucky to to have a real broad um spectrum of people and particularly when me and Dan Lassac first started collaborating because I already had a following in the spoken word scene he already had a following in the more dancey scene together it bought its own own hip-hop kind of crowd so it was a real mix of people um of all ages uh from the start so yeah that's that adam valley valley v-a-l-l-e-l-y that's really awkward valley valley adam adam valley clearly i'm an idiot you said in your last Ask Pip that you didn't go out much unless it was to your We Are Lizards club night. Um, but I'm at the bar about to order you a drink. What the flame in hell do I get you? Um, a lot of the time, water. Um, yeah, I mean, it's accurate. I don't I don't go, I go out that much other than um, to my club night. And I'm kind of... I'm all right with that. Um, <laughs> at the club night, it's the one... The, the one night a month I tend to get to have a bit of a drink, have a bit of a dance and uh, get into it. Um, incidentally, we're launching, I've been doing the club night at the book club for years. That it will always be our spiritual home. We've had three years of sold out shows at the book club, but we do it once every other month there. So we're trying out a new venue. We did Camden f- for a bit. Um, it was all right. It was a bit cokey for me. So we've, we've We've come east again and we're launching on Friday the 22nd of May at the Victoria in Dalston. Um, so come along to that. There'll be me. DJ Destruction is the DJ that everyone always comes along and just just says, who the hell is this guy? He's kind of almost exclusive to our night, but he's genuinely done probably the top five DJ sets I've ever seen. <laughs> All of them his. Um, so yeah, he's really good. We're going to have some, some, some live bands in here. It's eight till two. Um, you can get on the guest list by emailing info at thetrashsociety.com. Yeah, it's our launch party. So come and check it out um, if you're in the area. We'll be back at the book club, fear not, in June, uh, June 27th, where we're going to be joined by um, Distraction Pieces podcast alumni, Mr. R- a Ricky Hall on the ones and twos, as well as DJ Destruction and Red Jeff Rebels and Push Music and Lindy L- Layton from 
of Beats International um, notoriety. So, yeah, there's plenty to come and see. And that info at thetrashsociety.com is always the one to hit up for guest list or just to find out uh, when the next party is. Um, check us out. But, yeah, drinks, I'll, I'll drink at them and I'll normally have like a, a, a fruity cider or something like that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a very macho drinker. Um, I went to an amazing c- cocktail bar the other night with my boys Chris Glasson and Mark Irvine um and that was good they did all sorts of awesome cocktails in weird they they've got a menu that's all science-based and they've got a lot of kind of scientific cocktails which sounds cheesy and gimmicky but it was really really good it's I think it was called Boheme Bar or Bohemian Bar or something it's in 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 Shoreditch but honestly it was the shit Alex Martin, aside from music and the podcast, are there any other creative endeavours you plan on bringing to fruition? Hell yeah. Um, There's tons of things I'm working on at the moment and it excites me hugely because most of them I can't really talk about. Um, But it's great because, you know, it's given me a lot of variation, given me a lot of reasons to be crazy excited about everything that's ahead. But a lot of it won't be coming into fruition until next year or the year after. So... It's kind of cool that the podcast is keeping me in touch with you guys, keeping everything ticking over, expanding the fan base hugely. I was expecting the podcast to tick things over and keep my name up there while I'm working on the new record. The fact is, it's getting bigger and bigger and spreading my music out to new people, so that's awesome. But yeah, there's a load of stuff, but I can't tell you about it yet. The time will come, but trust me, it's exciting. Basically, just know that last Friday at 3am I was stood with a guy called Fergal holding an axe on top of a castle. Alright? Just have that that information. There you go. Um, Next one. Palmer, Jack, Glenn... Perkin. How many fucking names do you want? I hope that's a lot of people. There's three people in the picture. I hope that's all of you. Otherwise, you're just too much. Um, what journalists keep you coming back for more and why? Oh, I don't know. Not that many. Moose Rock Wonga. Um, he's the shit. I need to get him on the podcast soon, in fact. He's an amazing journalist who writes. He does a lot of sports journalism, but he also just... Yeah, he's fantastic. Um it's not, I don't particularly have many journalists that I fanboy over particularly. I'm not, yeah, I don't know. Um, some moose are almost stands alone there, head and shoulders. So there you go. Joe Columbia just did a little hiccupy burp there. Do you have a favourite author or book who has inspired you? Well, let's go back to Moose Rock Wonga, an amazing book called A Cultured Left Foot about f- football, a book, a detailed book about football written by an award-winning poet that's a hell of a mix it's a hell of a mix and it was right up my street um but the book i've referenced a few times and often end up recommending to people my favorite book i'm not that well read people think i'm more more well read more more well read than i actually am um the book of disquiet by fernando pessoa um my brother recommended it he's incredibly well read um and guided me on a lot of different um literary paths and that was one that just man it took me about a year to read it it's written in a really unusual manner it was it was pieced together after he 
he died and it's not really it's, it's not really got chapters or breaks or you know it's all just just one long thing but so much stuff in that influenced me and has gone into my records and gone into my outlook on life in general so yeah check that out um um yeah the book of disquiet by fernando pessoa um i'm looking for a thing now no i've not got it on here um alan terry says who put the ram in the ramalama ding dong um i mean that's up for debate um I'm not going to re- re- read what the person put underneath. Um, hugely offensive. Hugely offensive. Um, I'm trying to open my iTunes now because I've got I've got another a Ramadamading Ramalamading Dong song that um, cracks me up. Almost offended uh, my Muslim friends there with a, a Ramadamading Dong joke. Um, that was just a slip of the tongue. Don't hate. Um, let me just find. Who did a Ramalamadin? Oh, here we go. The, a Rocky Sh- a Sharp and the Replays. Have you ever heard a, a Rocky Sharp and the Replays? A Ramalamadin. I'm going to play like a few s- s- seconds because I've not got the rights to, but I'm sure it's short enough. This is such a tune. Tune. I love that song. Um, I think I only liked that that comment on there and addressed that question just so I could play a little bit of that. That's a tune, isn't it? Jesus. Rocky Sharp and the replays. Oh, man, I love that. Um, I need to play that at Lizards at some point. People will just look confused and be furious. Um, right, Steve Simpson, if you had to cook a meal to impress someone, what would it be? Steve Simpson, if I had to cook a meal to impress you, I make a mean steak. I season it well. Um, I let it get to room temperature. Oh, the steak, not the pan. There's a lot of stuff I do. I cook it to your requirements to perfection. I make my own little... I'd, I'd, I'd make my own chips and, and sweet potato chips, um, hand cut. Again, all in the seasoning and prep. And uh, then I'd just break out the Ben and Jerry's ice cream because um, it's fine to come from a tub when the tub's that damn beautiful. Um, and then I'd make love to you, Steve Simpson. Um, and it'd be beautiful. So, uh, ever fancy a steak? Uh, give me a shout, Steve. Um, Naif Dunscombe. Any plans to collaborate with Dolan, Sage or POS again? No plans on... No, there are plans actually on the table. POS is currently uh, potentially making a, a beat for me. He's also, as well as one of my favourite rappers and people, he's a hell of a producer. So, um, so there's that. Me and Dolan were working on a track a while ago... Um, you know, we never finished it off, but that'll come into something. Sage, I'm always excited to work with and do something with. So, yeah, there's always potential there. Equally, I need to have POS on the podcast and they're over soon. So I'm going to make that happen for you in June, hopefully. Um, and I'm going to have B. Dolan back on the podcast as well when he's over. So 
there's a lot to come. Matt Bacon, what's your favourite TV show? Man, I just watched the last ever series of Justified. Justified is one of my favourite TV shows ever. Um, it's so dope. The character writing is amazing. Walton Goggins is amazing. Timothy Oliphant is amazing. Everyone is amazing in it. Um, so I rate that show hugely. Um, and it's just finished and it makes me sad that it's finished. Um, yeah. That's about that. Um, there's there's loads of others, man. Of course there is. Um, I'm tempted to glance over. I mean, the Sh- Shield was the first TV series I feel truly in love with, and I think that gets truly underrated because uh, the Wire popped about and got all the love. But the Shield, particularly over here, people uh, missed it because it came out on Channel Five. And I remember reading an article in the Guardian saying, "Look, don't be put off by the fact this is a." series on channel five it's real good and the writing in it always i like because on the surface it just looks like a smash and grab tough guy shocking cop crime show you know what will they do but it was so well written and the intricacies and they'd they'd write themselves into a corner where you're like right these guys are fucked now there's no way out and then in like not even in the rest of that scene or sorry not even in the rest of that that series they'd get out of it in a two minute scene they'd flip it on its head and yeah got me every time so there's loads obviously there's broken bird and the wire and everything everyone loves you know they're all good they're right to love it daredevil the recent daredevil series who watched that man it's good man it's good god damn it is a good series in fact i'm going to give a little thing yeah because because that's on netflix i recommend you check that out it's absolutely amazing but while i'm at it um three films i'm going to recommend to you um I do my film club. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'll mention my film club too um, because I'm going to have um, Paul, who runs, who 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 brought me in um, at the Prince Charles, which is where I do my f- film club. I'm going to have him on the podcast soon because I think it'd be really interesting to discuss um, independence cinemas and independence cinema. Um, it's a tough thing. Uh, the Prince Charles Cinema is just off Leicester Square, and they were one of the first to realise we can't compete with all these films, all these screens that have got now going 3D and everything else. So they started to screen stuff that's just maybe not a new release, but is dope or, you know, smaller releases and things like that. And they were, yeah, they're real good. But my film club, I'm going to give you the dates for that. Please come along. Um, And don't just watch the films I list here because the problem with the film club is, is I post about it and everyone goes, great film choices, man. This is awesome. I'm going to go and watch that. But the point, (laughs) it, it means we don't get sometimes we don't get great turnouts and this we're booked free here and we're seeing this as our last a roll of the dice because i believe in it as a as a night and its importance hugely but it's all dependent on turnouts because you know anyone who who works in a cinema or runs a cinema too it's not a cheap thing to do so the point of the film is i give an introduction we all watch the film together and then normally me and rich sandlin will do a q a afterwards just talking to you guys about what you thought of the film. It's a really enjoyable experience. But again, the point is I choose films that I've fallen in love with and I absolutely adore and often have watched hundreds of times, but on DVD. Because I truly think the cinema is a completely different experience um, for films. Even if it's your favourite film, if you're watching it at home, you will glance at your phone or, you know, you will... Uh, I've mentioned this before, I think I would mention every film, like you will look around the, your house and say and realise how untidy it is or notice dust or anything else. But yeah, in the cinema, you're just engrossed in it. So we've got Ghost Dog, 
Way of the, the Samurai Forest Whitaker, directed by Jim Jarmus. What? That's on May 28th, Thursday, May 28th. So end of this month, come along to that. We got, in June, we got Menace to Society. How long has it been since you saw that? Remember when Menace to Society and Boys and Hood came out and it was just, fuck, you were just watching it. It was like a copied tape you're passing around because like, oh shit, I can't, you know, this is hard shit. Imagine that in the cinema that's on Thursday 18th of June um and then in July July 30th Thursday again Dancer in the Dark starring Bjork absolutely amazing and beautiful film all of those are available to buy tickets now at the Prince Charles Cinema website so check them out but what I was going to do is right as opposed to watching them at home just I'm going to recommend three films right now I was, I, was, I, was, I was flicking through the other day and there's three films that are readily available for you to pay for right now and pay for is the key there because these are independent films and I know times can be tight and it's easy to still film sometimes but I'm a massive believer in value for art or paying for art to get more out of it, it yourself and there's three films that I really highly recommend all available at the moment either on iTunes or on Sky Plus or whatever first up what we do in the shadows the funniest film i've seen in ages i recommended this on twitter the other day and instagram i recommended it about a month ago when it came out to buy and i've honestly had tweets or messages pretty much every day from people saying i'd never heard of it thank you this is the funniest film it's 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 one of the guys from um a flight to concords and yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything more about it. It's fucking brilliant. Um, next up, I will recommend Pride, which has Paddy Considine and other Distraction Pieces podcast alumni. Now, I saw the poster and adverts for this and thought, fuck that shit. It looks like a full Monty type affair. It's absolutely amazing. It is beautiful. It tells the story of of um, how the gay community um, supported the miners during the miner strike and just it's an amazing story I recommend that highly and then last night I watched a film called 71 which was fantastic it's about um, a British soldier um, in Northern Ireland during the troubles who gets separated from his kind of troop and has to kind of get through things on his own and man it really it blew me away I'd heard good things about it um, but yeah it's, it's great. So they're three films that are independent, brilliant, and available for you to put your money behind right now. So I recommend you do that, and I recommend you come to the Prince Charles Cinema and watch a film with me. I normally sit in the front row with some popcorn and a drink and some chocolates, and I enjoy myself. I answered that one for a long time. You know, we're up to the hour mark now. This might end up being a double podcast again. Sorry, Wargie. Um, Tom Spence, are you and Travis Barker going to make any more music together? Um, again, I kind of answered that earlier. Yeah, we've we've had a... He did some amazing drums in a, a session. Um, we'll get something going, but, you know, a, a life's a busy thing. Aaron Corey, how did working with POS come about? Have I touched on that? I don't think I have. Um, I hit him up, man, because his his never better album, not to be too on his dick, is I think is one of the best hip hop albums of recent years, probably of all time. I love it. I think it's amazing. He when me and Dan Lasac first toured America, uh, we had B B Dolan supported us, and that's where we first met B Dolan, um, and B knew POS, so POS came out to see B really 
that show, me and Dan in Minneapolis had one of our worst shows ever. There was power cuts. It was just awful. So that probably wasn't the best impression. But we kind of kept in touch on and off from then onwards. And, yeah, I hit him up and I was like, dude, let's do some shit. That's how that came about. Dan H, photographer extraordinaire. Um, Salty or sweet popcorn? Or are you a hot dog and nachos man? What about how much of the popcorn hot dog combo has displaced the fecal matter in your beer? I mean, that's referencing. Oh, like the 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 first bit's a good question. The second bit, that's reference. There's been some as someone tweeted it, it to me today. Some report about how some beards have as many germs in or something as a toilet seat, or more germs than a toilet seat. L- little tip: I didn't even read past the headline. A little tip for you guys, any study that comes to a conclusion that some beard is as, is as vague as some beards, it's bullshit. It's kind of, it's not worth, worth wasting your time on. Some beard, that's the, that's their conclusion. Some beards are as dirty as a toilet. How many? Which beards? Whose beards? Yeah, I'm sure they are. Some beards are probably cleaner than um, an A&E. Um, you know, it's fucking, yeah, that's ridiculous. But I'm going to answer the first part. I'm not much of a popcorn man. I've been getting into it a bit more recently. If I'm going it, I'm going sweet. I mean, I'm a a fan of toffee popcorn and I'm a fan of the dairy milk chocolate covered toffee popcorn. I fuck with that heavily. Hot dog on nachos, man. I'm a hot dog man. Um, I've got a specific cinema setup, basically. It's a hot dog combo. Um, I like a Pepsi Max. Again, people laugh at that because of how much food I'm about to reveal I order. I, I just enjoy Pepsi Max. I think it's it's one of them that when you get into it, when your body adjusts to it, normal Pepsi just tastes too sugary. It makes my mouth feel all... Uh, nah. So, hot dog combo. Three scoop at the Ben & Jerry stand, please. Which three scoops? Let me tell you. On the bottom, I want chocolate fudge brownie. Sneaking up next to it, I want peanut butter cup. Sitting on top there... Clever cookies, please. Um, it's a hell of a combination. They mix together nicely. That's my thing. And then I'll buy a bag of sweets as well because I don't like to finish on ice cream. I like to eat my hot dog. I like to eat my ice cream. And then I like to take my time with my sweets because hot dogs and ice cream are time-sensitive foods. You know what I mean? The hot dog, you don't want it to get cold. The ice cream, you don't want it to melt. The sweets, no rush, dude. We can get to them as and when. We can make them last. We can leave some. We can save some. It's going to be all right. So that's how I do at the cinema. And the people at the Bazin Empire will know that all too well as I regularly do that. In fact, I'm going to go into more detail. You're thinking, that's a lot of stuff for you to carry on your own, Pip. You're fucking right it is. Tell you how I do it. I get two straws. I pop them in the inside top pocket of my jacket. That leaves the top of my cup free to place my ice cream on. I'm carrying my drink with my ice cream on it. Hot dog in the other hand. Ticket in the hand with a hot dog. We're laughing. On you go, casual as fuck. The sweets are in my pocket. I've got pockets. I'm a grown-up. Jeez. That's how we do it. That's how my cinema works. I take my cinema seriously. You see, you think I was, I was fucking about having my film night. I go to the cinema a lot. I'm a big fan of the cinema experience, and that is how I literally roll. Damo Mayer was last weekend the death bell of boxing. Um, I don't know. I don't care that much either. Um, I think it potentially was, um, but purely because of how it all worked. Um, I think Mayweather 
whilst he's clear, let's get straight off the bat, he's a piece of shit. Whilst Mayweather is a piece of shit, he's a horrible piece of shit. He's one of the best boxers to have ever lived. Um, there's no there's no denying it. I didn't end up watching the fight. And you know why? Because my love and respect for Mayweather is more, and ex- or my excitement for Mayweather is more about his record than actually watching his fights. He's amazing technical defensive boxer and this isn't hating I can appreciate technical defensive fighting Leota Mishida is one of my favourite MMA fighters to watch because of the skill he uses to not get hit GSP did it for years the the lack of damage being taken it's amazing and beautiful to watch but I lose interest in that in boxing because number one there's 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 less threats so it's I don't know, It's it, for some reason it just doesn't excite me as much. But number two, it's 12 rounds. Um, a great defensive technical display in MMA is f- a, potentially a 15-minute decision. I mean, there's also the fact that MMA, you've got you've got feet as well. And, you know, a Mashida will still knock you the, the fuck out. Floyd, everyone predicted it was going to be a 12-round decision to Floyd. It was. And again, that's not hating. Dude's... You know that's it's, it's, people were saying, "Oh, he he ruined the fight." Fuck that! That's that's that. We all know that about Floyd. Um, I think part of the problem was it was the biggest hyped fight of recent years. A lot of people were watching it who know who Floyd is, but hasn't haven't watched Floyd much. They so they were there hoping for some big knockout. It's unlikely to happen. So. Um, yeah, but I mean, the reason I think it might be the death of boxing is the amount of casual fans that, I mean, you see so many people complaining about it. It's because it brought in so many casual fans who then don't appreciate it or, I don't know, if the biggest fight is, is, um, is, 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 is a win from a technical defensive boxer, then... You know, that doesn't excite me too much. But again, I'm not hating on boxing. It's all good. Um, I've watched a hell of a lot of boxing over the years. I've gone over to MMA. Um, yeah, I love MMA. Sam Murphy, I'm wondering if you if you stutter your thoughts. I stuttered on the word stutter then, irony. I'm wondering if you stutter your thoughts or if it's only a verbal stutter. I understand having certain words which stutter verbally, but I'm wondering about your thoughts stuttering too no I don't and that seems like the craziest question in the world to me because it because I don't but I think that the reason I liked it is there's probably other people who wonder that and no I don't this it's 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 the um the removal of words from my mouth orally that that uh sometimes stumbles and falls there's not a stutter in my head at all um, but yeah, always happy to answer these kind of questions. In fact, I did a great podcast l- last week for the BBC, BBC um, the Ouch podcast. I recommend you check it out. It was fantastic. It's their, it's their um, a, a disability podcast. Um, and I was on there with some amazing people um, and it was just a really fucking interesting conversation. So yeah, I recommend you check that out. I go into more detail on my stutter there. Give it a look. Um, and shout out to everyone that was on there. There was some amazing. I recommend you look into it and and check out everyone who was on there as well because it was generally. I'm not going to start a, a listing everything because it was all inspiring. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to cherry pick anything. Um, Drew Forshaw, podcast inspired merch. I just want that. 
um, yeah, again, I mentioned that at the start. I must have flagged a few of these twice or, you know, a few similar ones. Um, yeah, it's on its way. I'm working on it, trust me. But as I said, I'm going to make it really podcast exclusive, Matt, so it's hidden from the non-listeners. Um, Timmy Stash. Some people heard my words and thought it meant they knew me. That's a line from Introduction. I know you get a lot of heavy questions from people that have found solace in your songs. How do you deal with that when really, I guess, you just set out to make music? It seems like a massive responsibility that you hold really well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them. I think that it is a responsibility. I choose to write about, a lot of times, a lot of, of deeper and darker stuff. So, you know, that's my responsibility and I, I deal with it as best I can. I've had people at points n- not happy with the way I've responded. It's always, it's, it's often awkward um, at merch stands. Um, I had someone really angry once because previously they'd come up to me at a merch stand and told me something, um, you know, quite dark or quite personal. And my reaction in that situation is to just kind of smile and be polite or be, you know, supportive, but also aware that I have to kind of, there's, there's hundreds of people here, I have to keep uh, keep things moving on. So at times people don't choose the best place to do that, but I'll never be, I'll never ignore it. Um it's, I mean, it's awkward in person as well. It's awkward at one-on-one because people are often quite grateful and put more credit on my shoulders than I maybe deserve, and that's an easy thing to do. But I think if my lyrics or songs ever um, help you in any way or inspire you out of a tough situation, all I did was record some tracks and, and lyrics. You've then had to get inspired by them and then act on that you know not just get inspired by them act on that and that's the kind of harder part so I'm always aware of that so sometimes it's awkward in that way to be like all right cool and then they'll be really like no but seriously like okay you're welcome you know I don't know what to say but um yeah always try and and respond and keep on top of that kind of thing because it means the world that people are, are paying attention anyway um Hi Pip, I'm quite new to the podcast and while I'm enjoying them, I wonder if you have plans to speak to more unlikely interviewees as in people you may have different philosophies or even political viewpoints. It occurred to me because your argument on the podcast series is solid, a bit more serious conversation in this attention-deprived world, so perhaps disrupt things with an interview with opposed views, don't get me wrong etc etc someone has replied saying this one has been answered that basically he said he likes to talk to someone he feels is nice it's kind of it's a a bit more complicated than that I have had people on I don't agree with a a Russell Brand is the key example I I love Russell but I don't agree with everything he says and on the podcast I you know it was one of the reasons I was excited to have him on was to discuss some of these things and not just be uh, nodding on my head in agreement so yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, in general, I mean, a lot of people around the election are wanting me to have all sorts of, of different uh, politicians on. Um, I haven't talked about my political views or standpoints um, because I don't want to interview and in, influence anyone else. Um, again, unlike Russell or some of these others who feel that their political views um, are a good tool and need or feel a need that because of their political views to reach out and give people more guidance. Again, I'm fine with that. For years, I didn't vote. For years, I did vote. I've gone door to door with Billy Bragg 
to get people out um, to vote in areas where the BNP were going to get in and things like that. So I've been active and I've been passive. And at this point, through all of that, I've come to my own personal decision and belief um, on all of that. But it's personal and in a way it's selfish because it's I don't feel the need to let anyone else in on this or expose anyone else to it or preach to anyone else. I don't, you do what you do. I'll do what I do. Um, and that's about that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Let's touch on it briefly. Fuck it. Um, the, the election's over. I don't know what's happened because I'm recording this before the election. I, I didn't vote. Um, and let me explain that again. I've previously voted. If, the reason I haven't been open about this before the podcast um, largely is one of the things I, t- I took issue with a, a, a rustle on and discussed was as a teen, um, I didn't vote because I was lazy, but I didn't acknowledge that. My thing was, ah, they're all the same and so on and so forth. If you'd said to me, could you let me know what policies you're referring to them all being the same on? I wouldn't have a clue. So it was more ignorance and laziness that gave me an excuse to not vote and therefore leading up to the election, I didn't want to give my reasons for not voting to give to someone else as an excuse when in reality it's it's laziness. I've come to mind through being active and being passive and so on and so forth over the years. I didn't vote because I don't believe in the current political system. I don't believe um, in the current democracy we have. Um, uh, a, A democracy that is only engaged in by the minority of the country, you know, it's less than 50% who vote, it's, it's 40%. I don't know what the turnout is going to be, but, you know, I, I don't believe in, in the current version of democracy. I believe it's partly there to placate us. It's it's it's, it's sedation. Um, um, it's kind of saying, you know, we're all pissed, like, again, on the last election, um, we all voted, it didn't go how we wanted, but we knew that we've got, you know, in five years' time, we're going to get a chance to vote again. Even though the fact, the thing we again, I touched upon it on the, in Stiff Upper Lip, the fact that we didn't, our votes didn't actually count and, you know, proportional representation and blah, 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 blah. Um, Yeah, I believe that it allows us to be just political enough to keep quiet and get on with life. Um, I believe there's a lot of other, I, you know, my brother was the one that pointed this out to me. Again, I've mentioned him a few times here, but, um, it's depressing that all we that we don't seem to be aware that there's any other options other than d- a democracy. On, on Wikipedia alone, there's like thirty or forty or different kinds of ocracies. Um, again, you know, we discussed Athenian democracy with a, a Russell on the first podcast. You know, there's there's dictatorships. You know, a lot of the great. And again, I'm not saying any of these are the solution, but I'm saying it's that's stunning that none of them are ever in the discussion um most of the greatest leaps and bounds in technology philosophy and science or whatever have come under democracies or a lot of them um in society at least maybe not in science or whatever but have come under um a dictatorship sorry um and the thing i think is good in a way about a dictatorship is that it's either really good or really shit and rather than just in the middle and if it's, it's it's really shit then there's potentially an uprising and there's potentially there's potential for change whereas the system we currently have there's not that much uh potential for change i also believe that everyone um or m- most of us that say 
that we want democracy don't actually mean it. We don't actually want that. Um, because, I mean, the example of that is the uproar at UKIP. I don't, again, I, this is recorded before the election, but the uproar at UKIP's potential chance at seats and representation. Um, that's democracy, uh, ladies and gents. The fact is, there's a large portion and percentage of this country that are stupid racists. Um, and under a belief of democracy, that they are entitled to as much of a say in all... Um, you know, p- 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 political decisions as, as anyone else. Well, not as much as I say, but, you know, proportionately to how many are voted and so on and so forth. So, again, what people generally mean with democracy is they want they want their person in. <laughs> they kind of is like, I want democracy. Again, it's the same as, again, with, we talk with a Russell about equality. We, are we, are we all want equality because we're looking up rather than looking down. If we were like, right, cool, well, we can have equality tomorrow. Um, but that you know we're doing it worldwide. It means you're going to have to not have your big TV. You, you, you can't have the phone. You listen to this podcast on at the moment. You have to go back to an old Nokia with snake on it. But but we're all going to have a, a quality. We're all going to have to live in smaller houses. But it's going to be equal. So it's dope. So suddenly people will be a little bit more. Oh no, I meant a quality like from the. I want the rich people to not have no no. Yeah, well they're having it too. But yeah. It turns out you're above the 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 average of the world because we're taking into account Africa and India and a lot of these places that have millions of people in abject poverty. Um, so yeah, where was I going? Oh, the reason I I I choose not not to vote. Um, I'm not saying that not voting is a solution in any way, but I've got to the point where I have to vote selfishly and morally. And myself, I can't morally engage in a system I don't believe in. Um, So again, I'm not saying it's the solution, but it's something I don't believe in. Um, I'm not saying it's a protest over a vote. I'm not saying any of these things. I'm saying selfishly, fuck everyone else. (laughs) Um, For me personally, I can't engage in a system I don't believe in and I don't support. Um... And it's something that's interesting. It, it was a realization for me, and it's it's, it's the one it's the one thing I've been annoyed. I didn't ask again when I'd, I'd, I'd Russell on. Sorry to keep to keep talking about Russell on. I'm not hating on him at all because I think he's fucking awesome and important at the moment. But one of the things he said, you know, he said, you know, he would like us to have to sh- share the wealth. And he said, Pip, I pray to God I'm tested on that one day. And at the time, I was like, yeah, cool. But then with my own realizations. Uh, uh, recently is I believe it shouldn't be a case of that um if if you truly believe that in your in 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 your soul then you should just do that and live like that it shouldn't be a case of we'll all do it and change change the world sometimes it's a personal war going to war isn't always about winning you know um so yeah again a lot of you won't agree with me and that's absolutely fine I don't need you to hit me up arguing I'm not telling any of you what to do I completely support everyone who's gone out there and done what you can in the way that you feel is best and is appropriate it's just my personal belief that I can't I couldn't uh, uh, live with myself if I engaged in a system that I don't believe in that I don't believe is fair or just um or correct and similarly again it you know anyone who feels that that we should share the wealth or whatever has the ability right now 
to give everything you've got away. You know, but we tend to only do that if we know the war is going to be a one, you know. Everyone's waiting for everyone else to do it. Everyone's going, hang on, hang on, hang on. We have to wait until we all agree to do it. It's like, well, you know, sometimes that's not it's not what it's about. You, you might not have that opportunity in, in your life, but you do have a choice to, yeah, to win your own war. Again, I don't even b- believe in that personally. That's why I'm not giving away my podcast equipment. I believe... Um, yeah, I've got a lot of unusual beliefs in there. I'm fine with people having different uh, levels of, of 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 wealth, of status in society through work, through through merit, through all sorts of other things. I don't necessarily believe that we should all be on an equal keel. I think the the gap shouldn't be as big necessarily, but I don't necessarily believe that. Right, we should all. No one should have a chance to to rise above anyone else. That to me is more depressing than anything a world where everyone is equal which seems to be the dream that people speak of is depressing as hell to me there should be people on the way up there should be people on the way down you should learn on both of these journeys and again i'm only talking about this because the election's over and i can't influence any of you in that manner um yes um all right on to the next one (laughs) i've i've said too much already um Gary Williams, what poet or collection of poems would you suggest for reading to a child under the age of seven at bedtime? And would you suggest differently if it were a boy or a girl or why? Can't help you much here, Gary, for two reasons. I'm not that massive um, a reader of poetry. I'm certainly not an expert on poetry. But equally, I don't believe in um, bringing up children to be scared of words so i would say any poet that you think is good regardless of the content read it to a child and if it says fuck then that's fine with me you know um yeah but that's just personal i know a lot of you won't be down with that so i'm not suggesting so i've got no answer for you um simon quintin eccles What's the inspiration behind Terminal? It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Thank you very much. And it's not too personal. I'd love to know where it came from. Cheers, man. Um, it's just a story, dude. I write fiction. That tends to be be what I do. Originally, I think on on our, our second album, At The Logic of Chance, I'd written a song that was about two people, kind of, I think they were older people, and the idea of them going, right, our relationship's over, uh, uh, let's have like a last date uh, let's not end it in a big argument let's just a, a acknowledge and let's just go right we've got 24 hours or however long we've got a one evening together um so it was i was writing that as a look into the idea of just an awareness of a limited time and stuff and and, and what restrictions that takes off and again that changed uh, we didn't end up using that and then I wrote Terminal kind of in that in that vein, essentially, kind of going, look, there's this girl, sh- 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 she knows she hasn't got a future, you know, and she's making a choice on her own. Um, she wants to choose when her life ends, and that's fine. Um, and, yeah, kind of the beauty of... I wanted to s- set it in kind of a, a date situation because the beauty of the restriction of... 
everything down the line, the wondering if it's going to turn into a deeper relationship, the wondering if you're going to fuck, if you're going to have sex, you know, um, all those kind of things. It wasn't, she knew that the evening was just for that evening. And there was a, I found a true beauty in that. I found there was something really a, a wonderful in, in the removal of all the, of all the weight of, of, and, 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 and the pressure of, of, of what's ahead. So yeah, I wanted to write something about two people just having that or having a st- stolen moment, you know, I think there's something truly a be- a beautiful in that, an awareness that all you've got is that one night, you know, for whatever reason, probably there's going to be nothing outside of that, but that doesn't make that, that moment any less amazing. Drew Forshaw. Would you do a live podcast with multiple guests? I've heard Colt Cabana and Jericho do it and it'd be great um, with your guests and maybe a few returns like Jody and Bickley. Um, that's your second question, my friend. And I think the first question had two questions, you greedy git. But um, I've not really thought about it. Uh, we've discussed maybe taking it up to the Edinburgh Fringe and doing a few. I'm looking at doing a special one for Calm, who me and Eddie discussed, who are a great charity. And again, I talk about on the Ouch podcast on the BBC. Um, but again, all loose plans at the moment. It's a tough one because, again, my setup is tiny. This is a, a, a one-man band right here. Um, so it would take a lot more thought and consideration, but you never know, maybe. Um, God, we're on an hour 25. Let me see. Is there loads and loads more? There is loads and loads more. Right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop here. And as we did last week with the Dan Hardy one, I'm going to do a a second one that comes out the same day. So this one you would have heard at midnight. The next one is going to be up at midday. Um, Because last time I did two and we never ended up releasing the second one. So I'm just going to do two in the same day here. There's no rush to listen to them both. If you can download them, that'd be great. But yeah. Um, So that is the end of part one of episode 35. Part two is coming up in a bit. If you could um, subscribe, then you will get it as soon as it goes up. Because who knows? Maybe we'll fucking put it up early. Maybe, maybe it's already up. And if you're subscribed, it's already on your phone, which is awesome. But yeah, please subscribe. Please share with your friends. Tell people about the podcast. It genuinely makes a massive difference. Um, That was part one. See you in a bit. Scrooge Pits, the Scratch Dumpies.